Big Cam, how goes it? Man, I'm just doing well, man. Happy holidays, sir. Happy holidays to you as well. It's week 16 of the Voice of the Fans show. Week 16 NFL season, Voice of the Fans show, Cleveland. Thanks for participating once again, sir. Man, what a fantastic week it was. Surprisingly enough, we had some upsets. I was surprised by the outcome outcomes. We talked a little bit about them earlier. Were you surprised about the way that Colts and Andrew Luck smacked down those Dallas Cowboys? You know, I wasn't uh, completely shocked. I know that the Cowboys have some uh, some deficiencies, uh, you know, kind of smoke and mirrors as far as how they've been playing recently. Um, very big win against the Saints earlier. So, you know, can't take anything away from them on that aspect. But I thought they were vulnerable. Um, you know, give the Colts credit for coming, you know, out and shutting those guys out. And, you know, Angela had a pretty good game. And, you know, they kind of kept Ezekiel uh, contained. And, you know, I, I would say I'm surprised. I, I would say I'm surprised by that. Yeah. Well, what that tells me is the, the Colts are, are primed. And as you know, once again, the number one, the best young quarterback in the league is out there leading this team on to victory. Not only did it, was he leading them now, with the fear of him going over the top, opened it up for that running game. You saw that running game just pounded the Cowboys like we haven't seen somebody do in recent weeks. And we know the Colts, that young linebacker, um, Leonard, is playing tremendous football out there. Uh, so that's giving this team a tremendous, a whole new outlook, a whole new dynamic in, in the game. So the Colts are, are for real. And should they should they slip up and somebody get have to face them in the playoffs. They're they're not they're gonna be a tough out. We had the 49ers up in the Seattle Seahawks. Um is Mullins is 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 Joe Montana reincarnated? Is should Garoppolo be uh, is he on the blocks? what what's going on? I didn't even bother to watch that game. I, I don't I don't think I seen I didn't even bother to take one snap. I th- knew that was going to be a seven twenty four to six blowout by the Seahawks. Well, certainly a trap game, Cam. Um, I think perhaps the Seahawks were reading a little bit of their own press clippings a little bit too much. Perhaps they thought they were a little bit further along than they really actually were. Uh, perhaps they thought that taking care of business in San Francisco was going to be a little bit easier than it was. Um, certainly the game came down to special teams uh, special teams mishaps, uh, a return for a touchdown, a missed field goal, uh, things of that nature. So to say it's disappointing would be an understatement. Um, definitely an opportunity to clinch the playoffs with two weeks left is something that you do, you take advantage of. You never know what, you know, can happen in a game. Injuries happen. Uh, teams get hot for no reason. Uh, matchups happen. Uh, bad field, bad weather. So to continue to prolong your opportunity to get into the playoffs – um, just makes it a more difficult road. So uh, to say the 206 isn't disappointed in the outcome of that uh, Seahawks 49er game would be an understatement, yes. Well, speaking about a disappointment and no understatement needed is uh, Seahawks, the way the Seahawks, or excuse me, the Dolphins got smacked around by the Minnesota Vikings um, who welcomed them into town just, and they were laying in wait. They were laying and waiting. Everybody would be behind one post, and just everybody took their shot. 
whether it was the offensive linemen, whether the defensive linemen, whether the cornerbacks, whether it was linebackers, but it didn't matter. They beat the Dolphins up and down the field. And when the Dolphins had a chance to actually get something going, you leave, you put it in the hands of your quarterback to make a play or two, and their quarterback's a former wide receiver in college, and he can't get it done. <laughs> Brendis, and to, to, to think you had all season long people doubting you guys, and you guys didn't have to uh, – you got your playoffs on the line, and you come out with the twenty-one nothing. It, it was. It, I'm, I'm done talking about them guys. Um, the Chargers needed help from the refs to beat the Chiefs. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Where was the pass interference on the fourth on the final fourth and one call? Where was the pass interference, sir? Um, did you see a flag out there on the field cam? I saw a flag, but I was I asked you where was the, where was the pass interference. I saw the flag. Yes. The, it, well, well, clearly, it, clearly, it, it wasn't it, there because it, it, the referees didn't call it, and no, the game continued on in the manner that it was supposed to. No, they called the flag. I mean, they called the pass interference on fourth and one on the Chiefs to give the Chargers another down, another down inside the ten seconds. There was no pass interference. There was no pass interference. It was an overthrow by by the quarterback, there was no passive fans, yet they threw the, a BS flag. So you saw the flag then? I don't question what the referees do. They just do what they I don't, do. I don't question. You know, it's up to the teams to respond um, accordingly and come out with the victory. I, 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 can't, I can't control all that, Cam. What I can control is my prediction that the Chargers were going to win that game and kind of turn the AOC topsy-turvy with regards to what is really going to happen down the stretch here. I, I did prognosticate that. It took him a last second. It took him a last second touchdown to get to tie to get in scoring position. It certainly did. Mahomes and those guys—they're formidable opponents. It certainly did take that, and it took a very gutsy call to go for the two and run a play where a, a, a player is wide open. Able to take advantage of that. All those things happened. You're absolutely right. All those things happened. Uh, oh my goodness. Eagle, did the, were you surprised the Eagles beat the Rams? Again, a okay. selection that I made. I wasn't. I wasn't completely surprised. I don't think you picked them guys. In fact, you you picked the Rams to win that game. I picked the Rams to win that game. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I was not. I was not all that surprised about the the outcome of that. Um, given the way uh, former MVP candidate Jared Goff has been playing lately, um, <laughs> I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't really surprised. I wouldn't even, even call him a, ever called him an MVP candidate. I mean, I, I don't know whose list he was on. I mean, there's only 32 quarterbacks in the league, so I guess he was in the top. You know, he was in the top 40 for MVP in the MVP race. I guess I'll give him that. Um. Anyhow. Uh, that didn't surprise me. And your Texans. Now they're 11, 11 wins or 11, the 10 and one last 11 games. Are you surprised? Are you feeling the Texans? Are you with the Texans? What do you think about the Texans? I am certainly surprised with uh, how many games they've won uh, in that, uh, in that time frame that you're speaking of. Um, I definitely thought they would be good and formidable. Um, I didn't think that be this high, you know, a better team than, you know, like, let's say the New England Patriots at this point, uh, you know, better team than, let's say, the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point. So, yeah, I am surprised from that aspect. 
thought DeAndre Hopkins was the truth. He proved that. Uh, I'm still a little bit skeptical about their running game. Um, I am surprised the way J.J. Watt's been able to bounce back from last year. So, yeah, a lot of surprises, you know, from that perspective. Um, how far they can go in the playoffs, hard to say. Bigger win for the Eagles or the Chiefs – or, excuse me, Eagles or the Rams? Bigger win for the Eagles or worse loss for the Rams? Uh, definitely a bigger win for the Eagles. There's not a whole lot for the Rams to accomplish here other than to kind of lock down that number two spot because, as we see, they don't really want to go to Chicago or some other cold-weather place to kind of get things done when the playoffs get real serious. So um, they're pretty much – you know, given some unforeseen catastrophe, going to lock up the two seeds. So definitely your win for the Eagles. Better win for the Colts or worse loss for the Seahawks? Worse loss for Seahawks, because as I have four mentioned, you never know what can happen. I mean, injuries can happen. Teams can get hot. Weather can get bad. It can snow. You can have, uh, you know, 40-mile-an-hour wind gusts. So when you have an opportunity to lock down a playoff spot against a team that's 3-10, and 10, you really need to take advantage of that type of opportunity. And when you lose it, um, you know, panic starts to set in. You feel a sense of desperation. So definitely a worse loss for the Seahawks. And better win for the Chargers or worse loss for the Chiefs? I would say a better win for the Chargers. I think the uh, Chiefs definitely felt that they were kind of in control of their own destiny um, with games left, you know, at Seattle and Oakland. They probably thought that, you know, one way or another that they were going to be able to kind of, you know, clinch that number one seed and do their thing. Um, I think the Chargers kind of, you know, brought them back to reality. Uh, it was their first real tough game without uh, Kareem Hunt. So we saw a little bit of a deficiency in the running game. And again, like we were saying, attrition, you know, players getting tired, players breaking down and, you know, more film to watch. So I definitely think it was a better win for the Chargers. Okay. Fantastic. I, I, I it was definitely um, surprising win and better win for the Chargers. You go on a road adversity conditions playoff seating on the line and you get a W, that's definitely a better better win for the Chargers. The same with the Rams, or excuse me, same with the Eagles. You go into hostile territory, keep your season alive. I think it was a, definitely a better win for the Eagles versus a worse loss for the Rams. And <clears throat> Seahawks, I, and you say worse loss for the Seahawks, I say um, the Colts keeping it rolling. That's a pretty impressive shutting out the Cowboys. The Seahawks are, are in position that NFC, the Seahawks are in a good position to get playoff seeding. So I think they're, they're going to be there. Um, the Saints pulled it out for me. I needed that win for the Saints on on Monday Night Football to get this, to get me the more points than you in our confidence picks. Uh, put me in the lead for the year, 75%, over 72%, and then it put me just ahead in a week. Um, Seattle lost for me. The Rams lost. I had Seattle at three. The Rams at four, they both lost for me. But you had Jacksonville at three and Seattle at five. So those two losses gave me the W. We both had Baltimore. I had Tennessee at two. You had Atlanta at two. And you had Houston at four. Um, like I said, I needed New Orleans at five to give me the W. Some of the games that we missed, you had Minnesota. We talked about that game. 
We talked about the Seahawks, their loss. We talked about the Rams or the Chargers over the Chiefs. Cleveland, Cleveland keeps continue to roll five, seven, and one. These Browns teams aren't aren't stopping, aren't stopping, man. They keep Baker Mayfield is a new guy. What do you think about Baker Mayfield? Well, I definitely think that he's uh, proven while he was the number one pick in the draft. I didn't necessarily agree at the time, but um, he's definitely, uh, you know, proven me wrong. Um, he, he's their, you know, unquestioned leader, and he'll go as far as he can take him. Yeah, a couple of teams that are out of things is the Packers lose to the Bears. Bengals beat up on Oakland as they should, but they're out of it. Tennessee and the Giants get mopped up. Giants, I think, got shut out. And then the Skins beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, both of you, is it, is it just the quarterback? What do you think? Of, what's the Jaguars' problem, man? They still can't get it straight. They're not even going to play for pride or have they already have their bags packed as the locker room is already cleaned up. Uh, the locker room is already packed up, my friend. I mean, uh, after they beat the Patriots, it basically, you know, was the peak of their season, and they haven't done anything since. I, I think that they had a feeling that everyone else was just going to, you know, bow down to them after they were able to, you know, beat the eight, you know, defending AFC champs, and that just wasn't the case. We're still out here playing football. We're still professionals, and they just had a very uh, unrealistic expectation of what was going to happen after that victory and, you know, changing quarterbacks and, you know, Wonder from in and out in and out of the uh, lineup hasn't been good. Yeah, I, they've been one of the bigger disappointments, along with uh, a game we're going to see next week. We'll talk. We'll talk about that later. Um, but they've been one of my major disappointments. But Franco Harris, um, when he went to the Seahawks, it symbolizes his season was done because he started running out of bounds. He didn't want that. He didn't want any any of that contact. I start seeing in you, you start seeing little things in, in players that symbolizes they don't want any more of that contact. I seen Tom Brady chucking and throwing the ball when nobody was around. And I saw I think the last time I seen a player do that was Blaine Gabbert. It was very surprising. Um kind of symbolizing that I'd never seen that before. You seen that you see that in certain players. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, a little bit gun shy. Um, a little bit. No, no, no. Uh, gun shy isn't the word. Gun shy isn't the word, Cleveland. When you're gun shy, you don't want to throw the ball. He threw the ball, but he threw it like on his back foot, threw it as he was going down, but nobody was there to tackle him. It was, it was, is gun, gun shy is the, is the word. And why, if, if you explain that just as a little term, uh, when you say gun shy, the quarterback, why would they be gun shy? I would be throwing it if I was afraid of the line and some getting tackled. I'd be throwing the ball sooner than, than as soon as possible. I wouldn't be shy about getting rid of the ball. Um, that'd be the, the least of my concern. Would be what happened because I don't want to get hit if that was my line of thinking. But go ahead. I'm sorry about that. Did Did you notice that? Did you notice that on the in, in Tom Brady? Well, I was seeing more of a cumulative effect. You know, just just not wanting to take unnecessary punishment. And in addition, not trusting his uh, offensive weapons as much as he has in the past. Maybe not trusting the system as much as he has in the past. And, you know, as you start to say, you know, I like to play till I'm 45. Well, that's great. It's a matter of if, you're, if your mind and your body will allow you to do that. 
you know, clearly you can still read defenses at that age and, you know, understand what, you know, concepts, you know, they're trying to throw at you, but, you know, it's a matter of, you know, can you pull the trigger when you need to? And, you know, can you absorb the, you know, the punishment it's going to take to do that? Yeah. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see how long this, uh, this ship is, is going before the cliff comes. Um, the matter, as far as the picks, the picks go, I won the picks. Pick, we tied on the points against the spread. We tied, so actually won the week um, when we counted all up. Again, uh, let's take a break here in preparation for our, our guest host, Eric Williams, L.A. Chargers beat writer. Let's take a break here. Talk to you soon. Mr. Cam, how you doing? Excuse me. I'm doing well. Mr. Eric Williams. What's up? Hey, Eric. I got uh, Cleveland Steele, otherwise known as Sam Rothstein, up in the 206 area. Hey, there we go. Cleveland. How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. 206 is good, but 205 or 253 is even better. See, <laughs> <laughs> listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's how this all thing got started, Cleveland. That's how this thing got started. Well, Eric, uh, thank you. Really uh, appreciate you for chiming in with us. Appreciate a moment of your time during the holiday season, man. Hop- happy holidays to you and your family. Hope you guys are down there comfortable down there in Orange County. And um, appreciate you for chiming in. Thank you, sir. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, we have Eric Williams, ESPN LA Chargers beat writer. So we got some questions about the Chargers, man. They had a big game the other night. Now, um, when they, the Chiefs went up, by 14 points, seven minutes to go. I think I got up and walked away from the TV. I gave the Chargers another touchdown, but then they got it close, man. They got it a little too close, and then it was too easy for them to convert. How did you see that game? I know you were out there in Frigid, Kansas City, so tell tell us about (laughs) and what you saw out there. Well, I was like you, I mean, but I I couldn't get up and leave, so I was just writing my Chargers going to lose story. Okay. And then, of course, I had to tear up my lead and start rewriting because they were coming back and it's really been the story of this team I mean they're, they're never out of it um, they, they've shown a lot of resili- resiliency throughout the year in those right. games I mean obviously you have to be a resilient team to, to come back like they did in Pittsburgh a couple weeks previous um, so I, I just feel like um, this team never feels like they're out of it um, they respond well in those situations and um, I, I guess when you're facing a defense like Kansas City, you always have a chance to get back into it, particularly with that secondary. And then they just started going to Mike Williams, and, and, and Mike was eating. I mean, he was getting open. And they really really weren't uh, doing anything to, to, to contain him, to, to limit him. Sure, sure. And we, like you say, the defense with Mike Williams, and then you got Philip Rivers trying to, to come back in as, as he likes yep. to be. It kind of kind of throws it off. Cleveland, how did you see that game? I know you got a lot to say. Cleveland picked the KC over the over the. Uh oh. And uh, I was definitely going the other way. Talk to us, big guy. Well, I definitely appreciate the lob pass, Big Cam. I did predict this upset going into it. I just didn't feel confident in Mahomes going into a big game like this, and understanding how important it was for the Chargers to kind of try and get that home field advantage and taking this as an opportunity to kind of prove to the rest of the country exactly who they were. I wasn't really surprised by the outcome. Like you said, uh, they've been able to kind of battle back throughout, throughout the year. 
and uh, get wins when, you know, perhaps no one else thought they could. For example, they came up here to the 206 and uh, escaped out of here with a victory. I was, uh, I was quite surprised about that one. But I just noticed that they have a real balanced attack, but no real superstars. How is the city embracing what they've been doing down there? Yeah, you know, that's a great question. I mean, obviously, they were embracing the Rams early. You know, the Rams were in L.A. a year earlier, so they had a chance to kind of establish themselves as L.A.'s, you know, NFL team. And and the Chargers, you know, are still considered San Diego's team, to be honest. Um, You know, they do have some some players that are recognizable. Um, And you talk about Phillip Rivers or Joey Bosa or, or, or Melvin Gordon. Um, but I don't think they compare to, you know, Todd Gurley, uh, Jared Goff, and some of those names that the Rams can roll out, uh, Marcus Peters, uh, too. Um, so, but I think things are kind of starting to turn a little bit. Maybe Cam could speak to this. Uh, um, I think with those wins against the Steelers and the Chiefs in prime time, the fact that they're, they're winning now and, and the Rams are struggling a little bit, I think people are kind of raising their eyebrows and maybe starting to pay attention to them a little more. I'm interested to see what the crowd's going to be like against the Ravens on Saturday, um, if they're going to actually going to have a home field advantage for once uh, this season, or if it's going to be filled with you know 10,000 Ravens fans. Oh, I think of course it's going to be filled with 10,000 fans, <laughs> and it might be filled with 15,000 Ravens fans. Right. They're looking for an opportunity to get out of their cold weather, come down here. They know they can get easy tickets. And that's surprising to me that this small stadium, the tickets, you would think the tickets would be sparse. I mean, because they're charging parking prices like the tickets are sparse. So you would think that they're sparse, and yet they're the easiest ticket on the market. That's pretty interesting to me. And it's amazing. You know, I'll sidetrack a little bit kind of to the same point, but just let me sidebar a little bit is – I've been here for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. I've been waiting for the Clippers to kind of eclipse the Lakers at some point. You know, yeah, that's not happening. Things go in cycle, but I'm oblivious to it. You know, from afar, I can see why it hasn't happened. But being here, being in the city, I was kind of looking for a reason for it to happen. They had Sam Cassell. They had their early run with um, uh, um, Sam Cassell, Eldon Brand. But mm-hmm. they were never able to get that Harper. off the um, then sec- the second generation, if you will, with Katina Mobley um, and that crew, they it had another little run at it, but they can never kind of really get it off the ground. And unfortunately, I see uh, see this is kind of the same situation where the Chargers come back with the kind of a tarnished resume um, just because of the relationship between San Diego and California or Southern California, if you will. And then the the Rams come here. Now the Rams come back like but they come back with the history and Rams kind of welcomed them more so than kind of, and I don't even think, I don't even, and it's weird. I don't even think the LA fans here shun on the chargers. They just don't can even consider the chargers. And that's very interesting to me. That dynamic is, is very strange to me. Yeah. It's apathy, which is, which is worse. I mean, you'd rather be despised or loved and just not even thought of thought about uh, just, just kind of overlooked Um, in terms of the tickets. You know, most of those tickets are being sold on the secondary market. And okay. a lot of the reasons that the Charger fans aren't buying them is because they're so expensive. You know, the cheapest ticket is 150 bucks to get in there. And yeah. so if you're a traveling fan and you want to go to Southern California, you know, you're, you're going to spend that money because it's just the cost of doing business to go see your team 
on the road in 75-degree weather. So I think that's why a lot of opposing fans are willing to pay that price on the secondary market versus if you're a fan, a Charger fan that lives in San Diego or Orange County or anywhere in L.A., um, you know, you, you saw that when the Chargers played the Rams in the Coliseum, there's probably about 20,000 Charger fans that went to that game because ticket prices were 20 to 30 to $40. It was a much easier ticket to, to purchase and therefore go to the game. That's a, that's a good point. That's a, that's a great point. I didn't consider that. I, I didn't consider that because it is, it is a secondary market, so I got my ticket. But they are mm-hmm. still available. Yes. What, what do you think of, what do you think of is that going to be a disadvantage for them in the playoffs? I mean, we'll see in the Ravens game, as you mentioned, but do you perceive that? or how, And how is the team accepting that? Yeah, you know, actually I talked to, to Coach Lynn about that today. Um, I don't think that's going to be an issue because they've been dealing with it for the last two years. I know the first couple games that they had, a couple home games last year, I think it kind of messed with players' psyche a little bit, the fact that you're coming out and being introduced and being booed in your home stadium. Okay. And you're in a rival in L.A. But I think after the first couple of games, they just realized that's what it's going to be. It is what it is. And um, they expected it. And, and I think it's just kind of an us-against-the-world mentality, not only on the road, but at home. And so yeah. that's that's their mindset. And so I don't think it's going to affect them whether or not, you know, they, okay. get, they get home field advantage, number one seed, or – they got to go back to Pittsburgh, or they got to go to Houston, or they got to go to New England. I think um, I just think they're 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 built for it. I guess. Okay, that's a good point because now that you mention it, I do recall uh, Philip making the comment that maybe we'll get a few of our crowd room for a few of our fans at the game. Yeah. Again, so I, I get that point. Cleveland, you got a question for Eric? I do, Eric. Uh, do you think that the lack of flashy players that the Chargers have? Uh, is a detriment to them in the market, you know, a little bit more glamorous that almost no matter what it is that they do, they can't overcome that, you know, that handicap, if you will. Um, you know, they don't have the, like you said, the gobs, the girlies, you know, they have formidable players, you know, mm-hmm. Philip Rivers and you know, Melvin Gorman. And, you know, if you're a Chargers, you know, follower, you know, guys like Derwin James and Joey Bolzer are probably, you know, Ingram a little bit more, you know, household sure. names, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. But because because they don't have that, do you think that even if, let's just say hypothetically, they get all the way to the chip, do you think that the city will ever embrace them as they should? Or do you think that that will always be somewhat of a detriment to them until they get someone that's really flashy and can make a splash? Yeah, I don't think it's about the the names. I think it's about the wins. And I think if they get to the chip, I don't think the city is fully going to embrace them. But I do think that people will, will start to jump on the bandwagon. Oh. And it's already it's already starting. I mean, oh, for sure. people, yeah. are already, people are already starting to talk about them. Um, during practice on Monday, we actually had a media throng. It wasn't like I was covering San Jose State. It was like I was actually covering an <laughs> NFL team. Um, you know, there's like tw- – <laughs> there was like 20 to 25 media members. And I, you know, I covered the Seahawks for, for six years before I came down here. And I kind of compare it to when Pete came here and they made the playoffs at seven and nine. And then all of a sudden everybody's wearing 12 jerseys, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to Starbucks and you get the, the 12 cozy. Um, it just becomes a thing because it, it's, right, a, it's right. a talking point in the community because the team is, is being successful I don't ever think it's going to be that in L.A., but I do think they have a chance to 
to, to make a dent in the market um, if they can if they can have a long deep playoff run and you know potentially get to the the Super Bowl. Yeah, they, they, uh, I think they're going to have to win. They're going to have to yep. win the voter game from fans, and they, and that that's the easy way because they're going to get bandwagoners all of a sudden now that new kids have Charger jerseys, five year olds have Charger jerseys because mm-hmm. they one. So that's what, that's what it's going to take for them to, to overcome that leap. But let's talk about their neighbor or their crosstown. Um, I wouldn't even call them a rival, but the crosstown team. What, what are your thoughts on the Rams? Um, they were the talk of the town, toast of the city for the most of the season now. They fall on those two games back-to-back, lost. What are well, your thoughts I think initially I think they were really smart in making those splashes in free agency to kind of get attention in the market, you know, um, signing Sue, um, you know, trading for Marcus Peters, uh, getting Brandon Cooks, um, some of those marquee players just to kind of get people's attention because they got to sell tickets and PSLs um, in that market where, you know, it's, it's a crowded sports market. Um and so, you know, they, they obviously started out, you know, gangbusters, played really well, uh, have a, one of the best offensive minds in the, in the NFL in McVay. Um, but now you're starting to see them deal with some adversity. And and I was always wondering, like, how that team was going to handle it because they had so many new players, so many marquee players. Um, so these last two games really will be interesting to see if they're able to, to kind of get back on their feet and, and win these last two games and make sure they secure home field advantage. I mean, I think they play at Arizona and then finish out, I believe, against the Niners in the Coliseum. Right. Um, yeah. those, those, they, those should be two easy wins. They should have no problem beating those two teams if they're, um, if they're together and they have the right kind of culture that's been built by McVay. If they do struggle, then I think that kind of says something about what's going on there and how they're, how they're building it. Um, but, you know, they have talent. I mean – Aaron Donald is a freak. Nobody can block him. Um, you know, Goff. People argue whether or not he's assistant quarterback. I think he's a he's a he's a young quarterback that's ascending as a player. He's not Drew Brees. He's not Tom Brady, Philip Rivers. So you shouldn't expect him to to, to be that person game in and game out. He's going to struggle, and, and he's going through struggles right now. I, my issue with that team is depth. I think you're starting to see that right now when players that's- got hurt because they spent so much money on frontline talent, they don't have any guy, any players behind them. And I think you see that with the Chargers. If guys go down, other guys step up. They just have more depth, one yeah. through 53, than the Rams do. That, that's, cer- that's certainly true. The Chargers have uh, found a way to kind of stack their, their roster um, a couple deep, and they did draft it well. That's the, um, yep. on, on another side. So let me ask you a question kind of uh, in general, um, football-related. Now, in – the Rams, coming into last season, at the end of the last season, they didn't have to play anybody that last game. They rested their a lot of players against uh, the last game against Garoppolo here in the Coliseum. They mm-hmm. rested the guys, went into the game a little sluggish against the Falcons, ended up losing that game in the playoffs. This season they were rolling right up into the um, their bye, bye week, coming yep. off the bye week, and now I think they're 2-1 and one, uh, coming off one the bye and, One 1-2, I think, yep. Yeah, coming off their bye week. And here we're late in the season again. Uh, we're, again, that same situation where players and teams want to rest their players. Eric, your experience in the league, resting your players before the playoffs, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Is that momentum? Is it worth the rest to keep um, to keep that momentum, to not have that momentum going into the playoffs? What's your experience? I- 
I think he rests guys. I mean, because, well, I mean, okay, like, what if you play the guys and then, you know, it gets hurt? So you don't even have them. But that makes sense. But we can say that, you know, week one through 15. Let let my guy take a break here. He played three games straight. Let him take a break. I mean, we can always say let him get some rest. But to me, it seems like you lose that momentum. At least I'd make the guys practice. Maybe I wouldn't tell them you're gonna not you're not playing to mm-hmm. keep my mind and play them a down or play them a series or two like the preseason, treat it like a preseason game where they get that they get that practice, they get that rhythm. Because I, I, I ask you a, another sidebar, both of, both of you guys, when you go on vacation, you take two weeks off vacation, you come mm-hmm. back. Saturday night, don't you need a couple of days before you kind of get back into the rhythm of things? You're, you're not come back right fresh. Some of these teams coming off of uh, playing that first week of the playoffs, playing the wild card, or playing their way into the playoffs, they're playing football. They're fresh. They're in that mode. They're in that rhythm. And then these guys come back and kind of, I don't want to say lollygagging, but <laughs> you're not on rhythm. I don't know if I would compare me going to Palm Springs to hang out for two weeks and then coming back to work to an elite athlete taking a couple of days off and then getting back out there and playing. Okay. I, I do think the momentum thing, I think that's a real thing. I'm not disregarding that. Sure. But I also believe that you kind of create your own momentum, and each game is kind of within itself. And, um, and once you go out and play, you have to figure things out once the game starts. And maybe you do start off a little bit sluggish, but you have, you know, four quarters to kind of work yourself back into it there's several opportunities for you to kind of get things going. I think that's really on the coach to manage that. And some coaches are better at managing it than others. I think Pete Carroll is, is very good at motivating and making sure that his players are at the, the right mindset going into a game. And many McVay is still learning that as a, a young coach. Okay. That's the speaking of Pete and I, and I think, I think, I think from my perspective, I am completely of the mindset that, if you can give football players rest at any point of the season and it's not going to affect what your seating is ultimately, then you rest them. They have nagging injuries they've had since September, October that they just kind of play through. And you would be surprised if you give somebody an extra. You see how you see how the first round bye works in the playoffs. I mean, imagine if you give a guy that's had a nagging hamstring, you know, an extra week to, you know, heal that up and there's nothing on the line, you definitely give it to them. Because by that point in the season, they should have had enough time together and enough practice together to kind of stay within rhythm or rather get back into rhythm fairly quickly. But sometimes those injuries, they're just, if you got to go out and play for 60 minutes, it'll just continue to nag, it'll just continue to hurt. And, you know, instead of being, you know, 70 or 80 percent you can maybe it could be 90 95 percent yeah it's, you know it's a double-edged sword it's uh I, i'd be interested to see again i'll be monitoring Jim McVay, and i i'd expect him to rest it i think he's already hinted around it to kind of ease up some of the players and kind of give them that this break that mm-hmm. i think his words were like the ultimate he, he better get home field advantage because if they got to go back to chicago that's not going to be good uh, another thing yeah that's 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 a real deal but you mentioned um, Pete Care earlier, and one of the surprises to me this NFL season is that Seattle Seahawks. Now, I was fortunate enough to actually see them in action and get to talk to them after they pummeled the Raiders in London. And <laughs> listening to the young team, listening to the spirit of these young guys, Pete has these young guys fired up. 
He's he's uh, they're not the Legion of Boom, but he's retooled his defense. He's retooled his offense. And they have a great performance against the Niners, who's playing in the spirit of ball right now. But these Seahawks have been a surprise to to me, Eric. Are they a surprise to you? Yeah, you know, no doubt. I mean, I, I still talk to people within the organization and, and keep up. Um, you know, they're a year ahead of schedule in terms of, of, of where they thought they would be at this point. You know, I think they thought maybe they would be right around 500, but I don't think they expected to be in the playoffs. So, obviously, you know, what they did defensively in, in terms of kind of retooling that defense and, and getting younger in the secondary um, has been good. You know, the offensive line and, and kind of putting the pieces together, bringing in Solari, who's a teacher. Uh, Solari was actually there when Holmgren was there um, and then, you know, obviously moved on um, and, and Cable came in. Um, I think he's he's a good fit for Pete and, and how Pete coaches um, and then just kind of what they want to do offensively in terms of the diversity that of runs that they can use. Um, and then you've also seen a, a turnover in leadership. You know, Wagner's obviously more of a leader now because Earl and, and, and Richard and Cam aren't there defensively. Uh, sure. Clark is, is stepping up his leadership. And then it's it's Russell's team now, right? Right. I mean, yeah. be, before it was Marshawn's team. Now it's Russell's team. Um, so the identity has changed. And I think you just got younger players in there that are that haven't really heard Pete's message over and over again and are okay. buying into it. And okay. I think that that's a big deal. That makes that makes sense. Is, is, is that how, how the town sees it up there, Cleveland? Uh, the town is pleasantly surprised. Uh, like Eric was saying, um, you know, pretty much eight and eight was as best anyone can expect. Um, everyone was expecting a much greater fall off after losing the Pro Bowl talent that they lost from the years past. Um, pleasantly surprised at how quickly they've been able to kind of replenish and kind of fill those holes. Um, I think that people are tepidly optimistic about it because they've seen, you know, where this team can go given their right amount of talent, you know, back-to-back Super Bowls. So, you know, to say that everybody's not missing Sherman and Thomas and Cam and Bennett, um, that's just not true. Uh, To say that we actually trust the players that are in place to kind of take the mantle from them, we trust Bobby. Um, we're kind of so-so on Frank Clark, but his production mm-hmm. has just become so incredible that it's like, oh, wow, can we even afford to keep him? We all probably most definitely have to franchise him next year, just not ready to write that check just yet, and plus don't really trust him that much given, you know, kind of his past it's, and kind yeah, of what, yeah, what, what we've seen. You're you going to have to take care of that. You're going to have to take care of that guy. Um, but those Seahawks, that, that's big, my biggest surprise and um, – I've been interested in those your biggest surprise and and then your thoughts on an all LA Super Bowl. Is that real potential? I'm not sure. I don't see the Rams making it to the Super Bowl. And I, I to be honest with you, I didn't expect the Chargers to be this formidable in, in their division. Um are you is the potential of an all LA Super Bowl real or what what's your thoughts on that? No, I think that's fake. I just don't see it happening. I think it's too hard for for both of those teams to to make it through the gauntlet, you know, NFC, uh, you know, the Bears obviously are, are playing really well right now. And whoever wins the NFC is going to have to go to New Orleans and, and beat a Drew Brees-led uh, team in offense. Uh, at I just home. Think, at home, I, I just think that's going to be a tough task. And then, you know, 
everybody's sleeping on the Patriots, man. I mean, Tom Brady, I know he's like 500 years old, but until he until he until, until he doesn't do it, then I'm rolling with Tom Brady. You know, I just I I have to see it with my own eyes, like him just fail. Um, so New England, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's a real team. I mean, they got talent on offense, and their defense flies around the football. I mean, they don't change up on defense, but they they get after it defensively and offensively. I think they can score with anybody. So I like those two teams along with the Chargers uh, in the ASC, and and we'll see what happens with the Chiefs. I just think Mahomes still pretty young. You know, I, I don't know how he's going to play in the playoffs just because we haven't seen it. Are you are you you just because you haven't seen it, or are you a little weary on Reed, Andy Reed? No, it's not even Reed. It's just you know uh, a, a really a first year quarterback going to the playoffs. Although you know Mahomes, you Mahomes seen, is Mahomes is a stone blood killer. I mean that dude. You is, haven't seen what he's done. I mean to say you haven't seen it isn't a legitimate argument. You haven't seen what he's done all season. I mean this guy has been incredible. So I, I just but playoff football is different than the regular season. I mean it's just the the intensity level is different. Um, you need three big plays a game. If you make three big plays a game, I mean that's twenty one points. I'm not saying he's not a legit dude. I mean I think he's the MVP of the of the league in how he's played. But we have not seen him win a playoff game, is what I'm well, saying. Just just like when Russell was a, a, a rookie, you're like, well, Russell's balling, but I need to see it in the playoffs to to have it confirmed that he can he can rise up in in those moments and make plays. And with Russell, he did that. Chris, so we had to give him his props. I need to see Mahomes do that. The, the Chiefs won't, will not lose because of Mahomes. Okay. It, okay. it, it, it would be because of that defense. He's, they're going to lose the game 35 to 31 that they probably shouldn't lose. And, yeah. unfortunately, that's going to be the case. I expect him to put up enough points for them to win legitimate games. That's my expectation. Okay. But, um, Eric, I, I want to thank you, man. Thank you for your time. I asked for 10 minutes, man. You gave me a half hour, man. Thank you for your time. <laughs> um, you're super. And we'll talk soon. Tell the people where they can find you, Mr. Eric. Hey, you can hit me up on Twitter at Eric underscore D underscore Williams. Sorry about the underscores, but Eric Williams is a common name. Uh, you can find my work at ESPN NFL Nation blog, uh, The Chargers. I love it, man. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it, and I'll be in touch with you, sir. Thank you. Okay. Appreciate you guys. Much Good appreciate it, bro. Much appreciate it. Yeah. 206. There you go. Shout him out. All right, Mr. Cleavon. Yes, sir. Um, supremacy rankings. Your supremacy rankings. We both have the Saints at number one, the Chargers at two. I have the Rams at three. You have KC at three. You have Chicago. Then you have the Rams way down at six. Chicago. Uh, you want to explain that a little bit? I, I'm a little. I have the Rams. Sure, I have the Rams at five because they're on a two-game losing streak, and one of the games they lost to was the Chicago Bears. I don't think there's a whole lot of uh, mystery there. But they beat Kansas City. Okay, but they they've lost two straight games, and one of those is Chicago. Okay, just checking. And and they beat they beat they, they beat Kansas City by a field goal, fifty-four to fifty-four to fifty-one. Okay, was that a Good W game. or not? Was that a W or not? It was a W. I have more confidence. I have more confidence. I think giving the last losses, 
And the fact that one of those losses was to the Chicago Bears, that that's where the difference is. I, I have more confidence in Rams. It's still not quite high in, on the Bears. Um, I like KC, but as we talked about earlier, Mahomes, as as it was said earlier, Mahomes is young. But I like I, I like KC. I, there's no reason to discourage them. KC or the Chargers might be playing a little bit better football. The Chargers, are, the Bears are right there. I have Pittsburgh. You, we both have Pittsburgh in the same spot. I have Indy. Um, you don't even have Indy in your top ten, which is interesting. But the way the Indy's been on a winning streak. I, I know what you're going to tell me. Houston's been on that same type of winning streak, but Indy's looks better. I like. I like. I'm more impressed with the way Indy is playing ball right now. In fact, they just beat Houston a few weeks ago, so I'm more impressed with, in, with what Indy is doing right now than Dallas, New England, and or Houston. Um, Baltimore dropped out of my top ten. I'm just not impressed with what they're doing. You know, go ahead and, and explain how you have Baltimore, Dallas, and Seattle in your top ten, uh, and all ahead of Indy. So I'm sorry. What was that you were saying? Can you explain why you have Baltimore, Dallas, and Seattle, and Houston, for that matter, all ahead of Indy? Uh, yeah, bigger wins, uh, more confidence in the defense. Houston, more confidence in the defense, and also uh, strength of schedule. Indy beat Houston and Dallas. Indy and Houston are in the same division, so they play the same schedule. Flaw, you know, I, I should have sent this to you. Let you proofread this and let you read it, read it over, and kind of take another look at it. Um, you have any picks for the? Already do the season picks, or we should we premiere our season picks next season, next week? Our season awards, I should say. You know, we can wait. We can wait one week and kind of formulate. Uh, you know, kind of give these players a, an extra chance to kind of audition and see what they're about. You know, it's it's pretty much formulated for the most part. You know, uh, they're set. There certainly have been some standouts at certain positions, but let's let's give these guys another another week and see exactly what they're all about. Sounds good. That's 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 how we do it around here. It's a democracy over here. Uh, going into this week, we have some games. Week sixteen, man. It's, I think there's going to be some good games uh, that are on the schedule. Tennessee and Washington. Uh, I, I think Tennessee is going to beat Washington, the quarterless team, quarterbackless team. I have the Chargers at home over Baltimore Ravens. What do you you think? Lamar Jackson is going to run the ball down the Chargers' throat. Is that what you expect? What I am expecting, Cam, is what we saw a little bit of last week. I think expect the unexpected. I think there are some teams that feel good about themselves after victories that they were able to accomplish last week, and they're just going to continue to parlay on that. I think a few teams are a little bit full of themselves given the victories that they were able to accomplish uh, last week. And I think some teams are going to overlook some teams that, hey, they got nothing to, they got nothing to lose. They got two weeks to audition for next year, and they, it might be a contract year for some players, and weird things are going to happen. That's just my prediction. Okay, okay. Um, you have the Giants over Indy, just because you think Indy's a little high in the hall right now, huh? I do indeed. Yes. Okay. Um, Houston over Houston over Eagles. That should be a pretty good football game, actually. Great game, defending Super Bowl champions. Um, you know they they send to you know rally around Nick Foles. 
um, don't seem to you know miss a beat. However, I think with uh, the seating on the line in the AFC, Houston wanting to get that by, they got to take care of business. Looking at the schedule here, one of the, the the disappointment bowl is the uh, Falcons and the Panthers. We don't have to say anything more about that game. And then another good game, I think, would be the Steelers and the Saints. What do you think about that game? Or do you see any other big games out there? Oh, no, I like the Steelers and the Saints. Um, let's see what the Steelers can do. If they can continue with the momentum that they have after beating the Patriots, um, they were a very Jekyll and Hyde kind of team. I do like the fact that Eli Rogers is back, which gives their uh, passing attack that one added extra element that they needed. Um, I think the Saints are in for a bigger game than they anticipate. Um, we'll see if the uh, if the Seahawks can stay with the Chiefs, or if the Chiefs are just gonna you know blow them out of the water. Mahomes all over the place. Well, yeah, that will be a good game. I'm sorry, I, was, uh, I skipped that game. <clears throat> I think this the Mahomes. I got Mahomes winning that game. Did you? T- yeah, you took Casey. I'm sorry. Once again, man, we want to thank our guests for tuning in, Cleveland. I want to thank you especially for tuning in. Another fantastic week of the show. Please, listeners, please subscribe to our show. Rate and review our show. Please subscribe, rate, and review our show. And then once again, thank you for making our voice your choice. Cleveland, thanks for your time, big guy. Have a great day. All right on, bro. You do the same. Talk soon. Later. Uh, talk to us about Euphoria, the brand. And you guys got some new stuff coming out. I've seen on Instagram, IG. You guys got some new gear coming out? Talk to- uh, we, 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 yeah, we definitely do. Uh, definitely trying to represent ourselves as a cut above the rest. Um, you know, premium quality clothing line. So uh, this Christmas season, we're going to come out with some new things. Very excited about it, and hopefully everybody uh, has a chance to take an opportunity to take a look and you know let us know what they think. Well, that sounds good. And where can they find Euphoria the brand? It is www.euphoria u p h o r i a the brand.com. Sounds good. I'll keep my eye out for my package too. <laughs> it's on the way, my friend. Hey, this is Brandon Lawrence. That's what's good at sports right here, man. Keep it locked right here. Thank you guys for listening to our show. Please enjoy the holiday season responsibly. Please also be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. And thank you for making our voice your choice. Enjoy your holidays. Thank you guys for listening to our show. Please enjoy the holiday season responsibly. Please also be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show. And thank you for making our voice your choice. Enjoy your holidays. All right, guys. So supremacy rankings um, for this for this week. Mine did uh, mine didn't change much. The I didn't get your picks for this week, but um, mine didn't change much. I still have the Rams, or excuse me, I have the Saints. The char- uh, the Saints, the Chargers actually did move because I had the KC back to number two, the Rams at number three, <clears throat> the Bears, the Bears moved up. 
So uh, with your top three teams, what do you have? Uh, for sure. What I have uh, in, the, in the top ten is uh, the Rams. Don't know if that's really legit. Actually, I have the New Orleans Saints at number one. I have the Kansas City Chiefs and the Los Angeles Chargers at three, Patriots at four, Bears at five, Rams coming to number six. Are you kidding? Yeah, right, uh, right, right, right in front of, right in front, right in front of the Texans. Right in front of the Texans. The Seattle Seahawks come in at eight. The Ravens come in at nine, and the Tennessee Titans come in at ten. That's how the top ten rounds out. I just asked you for your top three, and here you go embarrassing yourself. You put the Los Angeles Rams at number seven, Cleveland? At number six. I'll say it again. The Saints, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Patriots, and the Bears before the Rams, yes. All those teams before the Rams. You have the Patriots ahead of the Bears? I mean, ahead of the Rams? Yes, I do. Oh, Oh, my goodness, Cleveland. Cleveland. Yes, I do. Who, who did you? You had the Jaguars and the Steelers ahead of the Rams too. Who you? Who else you have? No, I did not have those two teams, but I did have the uh, aforementioned uh, five teams in front of them. Cleveland, come on, man! Last week, the last week you didn't have the Patriots in your top ten. All of a sudden, they're number five ahead of the Rams. Well, you know, I I looked them up, and they went and uh, won that. Uh, golden ticket AFC East division for the 10th consecutive year in a row. What did it have to do with this season? What did it have to do? So with- I had to give them some props for doing that, for turning around and being potentially the number two seed in the AFC. Oh my goodness. Oh my God. <laughs> you have the, Rams, the Rams have lost two of their last three games. Yes or no? The Rams just went down and blew out, blew out with the, the, second- the, the Cardinals. With the, the Cardinals, Rams, they went out. They went out and blew. They went out and blew out the Arizona Cardinals. Great game. I wasn't home. I wasn't home. I wasn't home, and I missed a phone call for Sean McVay to tell me that we had a running back spot open last week. They 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 took C.J. Anderson instead. He went and rushed for 130 yards. So okay, so that so 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 they lost to the Bears, one of the teams I have in front of them. They lost to the Chiefs. No, they beat the Chiefs, fifty-four to. 50. They, they excuse me. They barely, they barely beat the Chiefs. They beat the Chiefs by a field goal. <laughs> they beat the Chiefs. They, they lost to. The, they lost to the Saints. Enjoy. You ought to be ashamed. Of Correct. You ought to be Correct. ashamed. Correct. Yeah, they lost to the Saints. Yes. Okay, so you're acting like I just put a bunch of scrubs in front of them. You put the New England Patriots in front of them. You did put a bunch of scrubs in front of them. You put the Patriots and the Chargers who just lost to the Ravens in front of the Rams. Please on your roster rocker. And, and the fact the the Rams beat the they beat the Chargers earlier this season. So you want to use the head to head matchup? Your your list is flawed. We're gonna. That was on. game. That was game three of the season. That was a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. Is that part of their twelve and three record or no? It's part of the record, but I oh. mean, let's put things in perspective a tad bit. Okay. I do. I wanted was that. Part I mean, they they also beat the Raiders and the Cardinals the first couple of games of the season. I mean, you know, so what? <laughs> you are sitting here disrespecting the Rams. <laughs> That's that is NFC, 
NFC West hate right there. That's exactly what that is. Be it's, it's you, you need to wipe that off your mouth, man. It's drooling. I can hear the drool hitting the table right now. It, it, it's not. It's not that I've I've just seen what you know. Yeah, exactly. Jared Goff so, is unable to do when times get tough. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I, I've seen how they're how they've responded without you know my cup runneth over. You know Cooper Cup on the field. It's just been a different team. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll we'll talk to you next when they're in the playoffs, and and they have an interesting uh, matchup that'll be ahead. This week we have the Dolphins. Um, if you're picking the Dolphins again, I have Buffalo. I'm not no zero confidence in Ryan Tannehill. Zero confidence in Adam Gase. Um, I'm looking for a blowout to end this regime here. I have the Chargers, uh, Cardinals, and the Seahawks. I, we both had the Seahawks winning this game. We both had Green Bay over the Lions, the Patriots over the Jets, New Orleans over the Panthers. I have Dallas over the Giants. Um, you have Giants, Giants staying at home, defending their territory. Is that what you got? I, I have the Cowboys resting with the uh, division most likely in hand and, uh, you know, not a lot to play for. So, Okay. Um, then we both agree on Atlanta over the Buccaneers, Houston over Jaguars, Chargers over the Broncos, KC over the Raiders, Rams over the Niners, Char- uh, Bears over the Vikings, which would be a pretty interesting game. Kind of tempted to take the Vikings at home, um, trying to get um, stay alive for their playoff uh, life, playing for their playoff lives, I should say. But I think the Bears overcome them, and uh, they're too much on defense. Uh, Khalil Mack is going to be too much of an impact on that on that game is the way I see that going. We both agree on Pittsburgh over over the Bengals and Philly over the Skins, the pleated Skins team, the Baltimore Ravens over the Browns. Are you taking the Cleveland Browns in that game? Upset alert! Upset alert! Your 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 guy Baker Mayfield going to show what he's made of. Uh, That chubby guy running the ball, you know that that backup quarterback. AKA Jarvis Landry, yeah, they're gonna go in there and uh and beat the Ravens. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not high in the Ravens, so I could see that happening. But uh, I'm gonna pick Baltimore, uh, believing that this uh, they're gonna show their playoff, um, some of their playoff worth right here. And the Colts and the Taint and the Colts and the Tennessee Titans. I have the Colts winning this game, going to the playoffs, and you have them with Blaine Gabbert as their quarterback winning this game over a playoff bound t- uh, Colts, huh? Well, unfortunately, uh, this is where the, uh, you know, the the miracle season comes to an end. Um, you know, Andrew Luck, best of, you know, best luck to him, you know, this offseason rehabbing and getting stronger and better. Um, good to see him out on the field for a full season, um, you know, kind of doing his thing and kind of, you know, that muscle memory getting it back. That sounds but, like uh, this, is, this, is, this is where the fairy tale ends, though. That, that sounds like a backhanded compliment. So you're hating on – not only are you hating on the hottest quarterback in the in the game right now, Andrew Luck, you're hating on the third best team in the or the second best team in the NFL behind the Saints and the Los Angeles Rams. Cleveland, 2018 hasn't been a good year for you, big guy. It has not been a good year for you. Um, what are you looking for? What games are you looking forward to seeing this week? Oh, most definitely, w- w- without question, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing this uh, Browns-Ravens game that everyone thinks that I'm crazy for picking the uh, the Cleveland Browns um, just, just to see 
the look on Jim, you know, John Harbaugh's face when he, he realizes that it was a, a rookie quarterback that upended him. Uh, you know, it will be priceless. So that's probably the, the number one game that I'm that I'm looking at this weekend. Um, the other game that I'm 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 somewhat curious in is to see if the uh, Chicago Bears can, you know, make it a a run for that uh, number two seed by uh, beating the Vikings on the road. Yeah, that'll be a pretty interesting game to get. That's what you called to called out two of the games I have. Uh, the Colts, you didn't mention the Colts. Well, the Colts and the Titans will be another fantastic game to watch um, as the Colts are playing for their playoffs lives. So those would be some good games to watch there. Fantasy football team, man, how did you do this year? Um, I'm end up paying as a commissioner in one league, and the expenses of being in another league, I'm paying $700, and I'm not happy about fantasy football right now at this moment. Uh, you know, one of my leagues was just a horrendous year. We're just not going to talk about that. Move on. Uh, and the other league, you know, I was I was right in there in the uh, playoffs until, uh, you know, my number one starting quarterback threw uh, four interceptions on the road in the cold. Uh, in Chicago, not going to name any names, uh, and that other uh, Hall of Fame coach up uh, in the Northeast didn't use his running back to his fullest potential. I'm not going to name any names about that one either. So, you know, we ended up in fourth place, a little, little bitter, but, uh, you know, these things happen. Keep it moving. We're rolling. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be just as excited next week to throw in their money for this uh, for another season of fantasy football. Mr. Cleveland, I want to thank you. Uh, for your family, it, uh, thank you and your family for the time you spent on this show all season long. Also want to thank, thank Dave, the sports guy Smith, for joining us for another as another guest host to the show. Um, Mr. Cleveland, happy new year to you and your family, man. Thank you for your time and thank you for everything. Much appreciated, bro. Let it be on the show. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, Mr. Cleveland. Happy holidays to you, Big Cam. How's everything? Oh, man, it's, uh, everything is lovely, man. Another fantastic week. We got week 16 of the Voice of the Fan Show. I hope you and your family are enjoying a wonderful holiday season. Let's get it started. Sir, we had another great week of football, man. Seattle Seahawks surprised the Chiefs up there. Ravens upset the Chargers. Eagles. Continue to roll. Saints outlast the Steelers. Which game was most surprising to you? I would have to say the Seattle Seahawks uh, able to handle the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, it was, you know, somewhat of a must-win situation for them um, going into the, uh, you know, the the last week of the season, um, kind of a do or die, and they definitely handled handled the Chiefs. They handled the time of possession. Um, Russell Wilson matched Patrick Mahomes throw for throw. Oh, wait, wait, uh, I was wait, extremely, wait, 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 wait. I was extremely impressed with what it was that they were able to do. Throw, throw. Seattle's been on the playoffs and you know a, a legitimate, uh, you know, Super Bowl contender. What throw, throw for throw? He matched Patrick Mahomes throw for throw. Yes, sir. You were going good when when you had the kept him off the field, the offensive running game. Um, the good game plan that Pete Carroll came in there with was excellent game plan, and they almost manhandled the the Chiefs in in some in some instances. I wouldn't say that uh, 
Russell Wilson match Patrick Mahomes throw for throw. Nonetheless, I thought it was a great game for the Seahawks, and they are playing tremendously inspired football. And it, it's it's impressive to see a team like this. Um, I was I was off my chair the, a few weeks ago as the Dallas Cowboys smacked around the New Orleans Saints, but they weren't able to. Con- um, consistently continue that 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 form of play. The Seahawks are continuing this form of play throughout the season. I think it's been week four, uh, excuse me, with six since they've just been playing lights out. And um, kudos to those guys for doing it. But what about your Chargers, man? Philip Rivers, your MVP candidate, loses to Lamar Jackson in the running Baltimore Ravens. You want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. I actually did predict that one because I expect the week of the season to be somewhat of a helter-skelter type of situation, pretty topsy-turvy. So I wasn't particularly surprised that the Ravens uh, playing for their playoff lives and the Chargers, somewhat playing with uh, house money, um, were going to perhaps squander the opportunity to kind of take control of the, uh, of the AFC West. So I wasn't really that surprised with that outcome. However, I still think the Chargers uh, – have a legitimate chance, you know, to, to do some things in the playoffs, but not surprised by the outcome of that game. So you you're not surprised the Chargers will lose some more Ravens with the chance to win, get a buy, a playoff buy. But you think in the playoffs, you get you're confident that they can get a W. Correct. Yes. Yeah, that's what both I'm of those. Bo- exactly, both of those. Yes. Exactly why I'm winning the pick segment this season. Um, what do you think about the Eagles and the the Eagles and Nick Foles, man? We talked a little bit about earlier with Mr. Smith, or excuse me, we'll talk about it in a, in a moment with Mr. Smith. But the Eagles and Nick Foles, I'm I'm pretty impressed by what they play. You tell me what about the Steelers and your thoughts on the Steelers and Saints. Uh, the Steelers had numerous opportunities to win that game. Um, the Steelers showed what their what their strengths and weaknesses are that they've displayed this entire season, uh, the gift and the curse. Um, at times they can blow the best teams in the league out for two and a half, three quarters. And for whatever reason, they left their, they let their foot off the gas. Um, they, they make costly turnovers at costly times. Um, they're, they're a frustrating team to watch because when they're doing their thing, you, you see the potential. Uh, they, they beat the Patriots. they, they had the Saints, uh, you know, on death's doorstep there. They, they, they've played the, the, the Chargers tough. They've played some other teams really, really tough. And at the end, they just don't, they just don't do enough to win. And they make too many mistakes that, that cost them. So uh, I still think that, they, you know, they're going to make the playoffs, oddly enough. But um, they're hard to depend on long term. Yeah, that they've been shaky. They've kind of been up and down all season. You know, I call I, as you know, um, the Steelers. I called for Thomas a job week six. Then week ten, he turned it around. Had those guys back in, in or informed, back in action, and it just is is not sustainable. Appears to me. So I'm a little bit more disappointed in them. Um, and if the Ravens get a win this week, they get a chance to to edge them out. Um, to edge him out of edge him out of the playoffs, and and that's that'll be pretty interesting to see how that how that shakes out. Um, and Oakland's last game in Oak, Oak the Raiders' last game in Oakland. Um, 
as, as it stands now, the, they don't have a contract to play in Oakland next season. They don't have a contract to play. The stadium's not ready in, in Las Vegas. Um, the Raiders don't have a home moving into as, as of this moment next uh, to play in next season. What is your thoughts on the Raiders? Uh, my thoughts are that it's uh, tragic and, and very sad that the legacy of the Oakland Raiders had to end this way. Um, it was a very acrimonious split to begin with, uh, with Mark Davis picking up and moving to uh, to Vegas, um, not really giving Oakland a, a, a legitimate chance to, to keep their team and just kind of understanding the uh, – you know, the bad taste in, in both of their mouths at this point, I, I find it hard to believe that they can come to some type of agreement, even for a season, to uh, to have the Raiders in there. So look for them to do some type of uh, impromptu move for a season. And, you know, Raider fans travel pretty thick. So, so long as they kind of stay on the West Coast, uh, that Southwest area, they should be fine. But I, I do believe that they played their last game in Oakland. Well, yeah, it's, it's an interesting scenario. Um, if if they do stay in Oakland and and pay the rent for another season in in the city of Oakland, the city of Oakland is likely going to use that same money to turn around and sue the team to try to keep them there. Um, it's, so it's a, it's a very interesting and um, a very multifaceted situation that they're in. Going to our week uh, week in review, our pick confidence picks there. Uh, 15 for 15 was uh, Senior Cam. Tennessee, Minnesota, New Orleans, Chicago, and the Rams won. You missed on Miami. Um, Don't know what I was thinking with that one. Uh, I think I've just been listening to Voice of the Fans too long and getting some bad intel, some bad information. I mean, I thought that they could beat a, you know, a, a woeful team. Uh, you know what I'm saying? In the in the Jacksonville Jaguars at home, but apparently I was wrong. So yeah, that that being my fault, Cam, uh, I'll take full responsibility for uh for thinking for thinking that the three hundred five could come up with anything when I needed them. <laughs> you know that it sickens me, but I but thank you for the two points. <laughs> um, that gave me a W uh, for this week. And for the year going into the final season, I'm up uh, 76% to 73%. And we'll see uh, how, how we finish things out here. This week has the picks. Um, I did have Miami winning, as you did. As you just mentioned, they lost Kansas City over Seattle over surprises both. I had Tennessee over Washington. You had Baltimore beating the uh, Chargers as they did. I had Cleveland beating Cincinnati. Now, Baker Mayfield, I'm, I'm – I'm already full. Of, I'm already had enough of this guy. Um, what's your thoughts on Baker Mayfield? He's a good quarterback. Yes, he is. Um, he, he comes. He has. He's had the right attitude. The chip on his shoulder. I mean, he 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 can throw a hell of a seam ball. Um, but the the cockiness. I mean, come on, dude, settle down. You, 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 you're one of uh, fifteen hundred guys that goes through the league. So settle down. What, what's your thoughts on him? Well, he definitely has the uh, the personality, like you're saying, the personality, makeup, and temperament for handling a difficult situation in the uh, the rebirth of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, with regards to uh, his, you know, ongoing running 
you know, feud with Hugh Jackson, I think that's probably a little bit more deep-rooted than people are thinking. I think that he's seeing the success that they've had under Greg Williams just kind of tweaking a thing or two here or there. Um, you know, he may be wondering, like, exactly what, you know, what what was happening before. You know, why, why couldn't things, you know, kind of taken this, this path a little sooner and, you know, I think he's being a little childish with regards to Hugh Jackson taking a job with the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, the place that he left prior to going to Cleveland. And, you know, you can never really fault someone for trying to stay gamefully employed in the NFL. It's not an easy place to be. So with regards to uh, how he feels about that, you know, I don't know. But the staring down and all that, you know, that's just, you know, part of his uh, mystique, his swagger, you know, going forward, you know. Uh, Johnny Manziel 2.0, let's see if he can, uh, you know, Back it up. Let's see if he can, uh, you know, you know, talk and talk and walk and walk. We'll see. Well, he, he is a good quarterback, and is you know, it looks like it appears that he he works hard enough off the field to be good on the field, and and that's sustainable. So we'll 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 keep monitoring this situation. But the the Browns have a chance to um, get a W this week and go into the season, go into the um, off season with a winning record, first time in a long time they've done that. Um. So let me see where where we at. Dallas, uh, Dallas over t- Tampa Bay. We had Indy over the Giants, which was um, again they came they had to come back in that game, but they did come back nonetheless, and that was a good W. Houston over uh, Houston lost to the Eagles. Are you worried about Houston moving forward, um, or that was a uh, more credit goes to the Eagles in that game? Definitely more credit goes to the Eagles in that game. Houston trying to win on the road. I'm not nearly as desperate as, as the Eagles were. Um, I'm a little. I've always been a little bit concerned with the running game. Um, at times, it it it, uh, it appears for you know a, a second or two, but uh, you know I need to see a little bit more from them to kind of you know give the offense some balance. Um, the com- you know the, the chemistry between you know, Rashawn Watson and DeAndre Hopkins is you know brilliant. Uh, you know JJ Watt. You know returning to his old form, to Davian Clowney, Whitney Merciless over there. I, you know, I'm okay with their defense, but Romeo can uh, you know, cook up for you. So I'm not too concerned with them. Uh, definitely a better win for the Eagles. Okay, we had we agreed on the Falcons beating the Cardinals – or excuse me, the Falcons beating the Panthers. We agreed on the Rams beating the Cardinals. Uh, San Francisco, do you have any confidence in San Francisco? You, you did last week for some reason. had confidence in San Francisco beating the, the Bears. I want to know if are you confident San Francisco could beat the Rams? What we'll move was just kind of skip a segment, right? You'll skip right on ahead. Well, sure I am. You know, it's the last game of the season. You know, the Rams have a little something to play for. Um, but you mentioned, you know, McVay is you know a definite proponent of resting his players. Um, I I don't think that they're taking the game too seriously. You know, San Francisco is probably looking at it as, you know, somewhat like their Super Bowl. This is the last time they're going to play all year. So, you know, some players are out there auditioning, trying to see, you know, if they can make this team next year. Some, you know, some players got some things to prove. Uh, and, you know, quiet as kept, that Chicago game was a lot tougher than a lot of people thought. Uh, and Chicago actually could have lost that game a few different times. So, you know, I would not be 100% surprised if the 49ers lost that game. Um, given, you know, what's on the line and, you know, how McVay likes the rest of his players. But, yeah, at the same time, you know, all things being equal, uh, the Rams should win, but I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers got it. Um, okay, all in all, uh, 12, win- 12 wins to seven, Cam. 
you did win in the confidence in uh, excuse me points against the spread this week. Uh, How'd I do in that? You, you won three to two. You won three to two. You're still behind in the year, buddy. Uh, oh, so I was so I was 100. For the week, yes, 100. percent Okay, the, thank yes. you. Thank. Okay, okay. The, I just want to point the, that out. For the season, you are behind 56 percent to my 62 percent in the in the picks against the spread. And for the season, you are behind 62% to 61% in the overall pick. So right now I got a trifecta going into the last week of the season. Um, you know, folks, let I, I know you don't want to stick around for the picks against uh, for my picks whippings every week, but nonetheless, it's something we do. We track our progress and, uh, you know, Cleveland's, uh, what do you say? So Cleveland's been taking a whooping here for the last few, few weeks or a few seasons, actually. Nonetheless, we have our guest host, Dave, the sports guy Smith, who's joining us formerly of NBC Sports Radio. Uh, give us a moment to get on, on the line, folks, and we'll be right back with you. All right, now I'm going to add the call. Now I'm adding the call right now. Mr. Cleavon. Good evening. Hey. Okay, guys. Thank you. This is week 17 of the Voice of the Fan Show. And we have our special guest, Dave, the sports guy Smith, well-respected sports announcer with a lot of uh, years of experience. Mr. Smith, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. Did you enjoy your uh, Christmas? Well, I was working. I was at work about eight hours at NBC Sports Radio. So, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> well, there was a lot. To, there was a lot to talk about. You know, uh, somebody came down with a little groin injury that had some upsets in the in the NBA. But um, we had some pretty good games so, over the weekend. So I know you had a lot to talk about, including uh, the Saints and the Steelers. Let's start, start with that one. Um, we think about that game, and I early in the season I was calling for Tomlin's job. He kind of held, He kind of came back late in the season to win a couple games to get those guys re, re-energized and re-motivated. What do you think of the Steelers in their season? And it doesn't look like they're going to get in the playoffs. Yeah, they're going to need a lot of help uh, in this last weekend to get in. Uh, that, that, that fake punt that he tried, you know, the Steelers were up four, and they were on the Saints' 35-yard line with four minutes to go. Uh, you know, that I, I like the fact that he was going to go for it there because on the other team's 35 uh, – what are your choices? You can try a field goal, but if you miss it, then Drew Brees gets the ball around midfield uh, with a chance to beat you when you're only up four. I, I don't like putting from the 35. That's too close. So 
I like going for it because if you convert there and get a touchdown, you're up 11 and you can close them out. But I hated the fake punt. I, you know, you've got Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. You're paying both of these guys a couple hundred million dollars. That's what you're paying them for to make plays like that. Uh, that's I leave the offense on the field and put the ball in Big Ben's hands and go. I mean, they're they're paying those two guys, not Roosevelt Nix, uh, to run right. in the middle. Exactly. exactly. I, I don't get it. I'm I'm kind of in agreement with you. Um, yeah, give it to your give it to the you know what's the old saying? Got to go to dance with the one you brought who brought yeah. it. Um, and he, he, he you're right. He made it very eloquent. You're not paying the Roosevelt Nix to get you that first down. In that situation. I'd, I'd never heard of I'd never heard of Roosevelt Nix before that play in my life. I had no idea who he was. And they're they're giving him the ball on the most important play of the season with the playoffs on the line. Yeah, Cleveland, you would you agree that's pretty ludicrous there, right? I definitely would. I mean, it's one of those plays where it's you're a genius if you make it in, you know, you you're in the dust cap if you don't. But uh, you know, the Steelers' chance of making the playoffs is a little slim. They have to win their game against Cincinnati and uh the Ravens have to lose their game. But uh, do you think that Mike Tomlin's job depends on whether the C- whether the uh, Steelers make the playoffs or not? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe with another organization. But, but the Steelers are uh, um, they're just known for consistency. Between Chuck Knoll and Bill Cowher and Tomlin now, what's that, 1969 to about 50 years now, they've had three coaches. So they don't like to make coaching changes. And I think I think Tomlin's bought himself some goodwill with the, with the Super Bowl win. But – yeah, um, I don't. I don't think he can take another season or two of not making the playoffs. I, th- I think he can buy himself some time with this one because, well, the Steelers just don't make coaching changes. They they, they like continuity, they like consistency, and they like uh, keeping the same coach around for a long time. Yeah, I'm a big believer in continuity and consistency. And you're you're right. The, tri- the Steelers have that track record. Keeping their head coach, it, it is it's proven. But they make a lot of bonehead mistakes for a veteran team. They, they consistently make bonehead mistakes, and I don't. Who else would you blame it on? Um, if they're not getting the guys in order and lining them up, and then plays like this where you're you're not using the guys to, to they're putting them in their best consistency, or they'll get the utmost from them. I mean, that comes from the head coach. If it's not the offensive coordinator making the decision, the head coach uh, agrees with that or gave gave him the reins to make the decision. So there's too many questions like that that I think um, have the Steelers in this position here. Um, another team in Pennsylvania, and, and they're fighting back to get into the playoffs. They kind of had that um, slow low. But what do you think about the Eagles? And Nick Foles, this quandary they had, they're in with Nick Foles and, and Carson Wentz. And what do you think about the Eagles? Will they be a legit contender to they sneak into the playoffs? Boy, it's a good thing they kept Foles around this year, huh? Because they they had some good offers in the offseason after he won the Super Bowl. But you know, it's good to have a good backup quarterback around because you never know in the NFL. And um, yeah, I think their chances are pretty good because uh, the Vikings have to play the Bears this weekend, and um, you know the Bears have a lot to play for because if the Rams lose to the Forty ers which isn't likely. But if the Rams somehow lose to the 49ers and the Bears win, the Bears get up to that number two seed and they get a first-round bye, and, and the Rams drop down to number three. So if the Vikings lose and the Eagles win, the Eagles are in the playoffs. Well, the Rams might the, – the Rams, you're right, there's a lot to play for. The Rams might rest their players, as, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you're right about the Eagles. They keep that, that quarterback in the hand. Can they do it again for another year? Um do you guys think they can keep them under wraps for another season? Uh, if they somehow they win back-to-back Super Bowls, can they keep them under, on the 
squat again and to refer all uh, refuse all these contract offers or uh, trade offers they're going to get? Well, I think uh, I think the best they got offered was a second round pick after the Super Bowl. I think for the Browns, but uh, I, I I think yeah they might be able to get a number one or maybe two number ones if he does this again that takes him on a good postseason run. And he threw for 471 yards uh, last week. At, I would think, though, that the Giants, the Giants would be big-time players for Foles if, uh, if he's on the trade market. I didn't consider the Giants, but I know there's a couple of teams in South Florida that can use the defenses. I'm yeah. Sure. Um, they, they better, they, either one of those teams better be happy to give up a number one for him if that's all it took. Yeah, it depends. You know, teams are don't like giving up number one picks, but if he does it again and shows how excellent he is in the postseason, I think they would have to. And, and this shows really how bad a coach Jeff Fisher was with the Rams. So they had case they had Case Keenum and Nick Foles, and both of them both of them stunk before they got out of there. <laughs> yeah, he he really weighted them down. But if you listen to Jeff Fisher, he, he'll tell he'll tell everybody or anyone who will listen. He left the house loaded when he left. <laughs> well, he did. Success. Well, he did, but that's an indictment on him that he couldn't win with him. <laughs> he couldn't win exactly. He couldn't win with him. Would he, now, talking about a coach who's winning with some talent here, uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Um, do, they, do you think they make the playoffs here? And they're going to beat a hamstrung Titans team on Sunday, I would suspect. Um, if they don't, that has to be a disappointment, wouldn't you think? Well, uh, Mariota looks like he's not going to play, so. Right. Uh, so that would mean that um, – uh, uh, what's the guy's name? The guy from Missouri will be the quarter. I forget his name, but the backup quarterback um, is going to be playing Blaine from the Jabber. side. Playing Jabber yeah. over there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm a 49ers fan. I remember him. So um, <laughs> not much chance of winning with him out there. So I think the Colts will get by. And, uh, you know, they could still win their division. If, if Houston loses to Jacksonville this week, um, the Colts will win the division. Then Houston drops and they become a wild card team. So this is a huge game for both of them. Yeah, I, I think the Colts have a better chance. What do you think about Andrew Luck and their chances of getting the playoffs, Mr. Cleveland? You know, I'm not a big fan uh, going into this game. I really think the Titans have a little bit of momentum on their side. Uh, they've been able to establish their running game once again with Derrick Henry. I don't know the last couple of games. Their defense is solid. And, you know, Andrew Luck has the propensity to turn the ball over. I, I'm just not really sold on whether they're going to be able to make the playoffs or not. Um, I wouldn't really consider it a disappointment uh, given that going into the season with a new coach and uh, a player coming off of a, an entire year of not playing probably didn't expect a whole lot from him. So the fact that, they're, that he's got his team in a position to even be considered for making the playoffs is you know, somewhat of a minor miracle. But I think this is what it is on, on Sunday against the Titans. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a good point because Andrew Luck, especially in the playoffs, throws a lot of interceptions. Well, he has to get to the playoffs, and he has that Drew uh, Drew Brees disease from college. Drew Brees threw a lot of interceptions early in the game, but didn't rally and get his team back. And uh, I see Andrew Luck is now doing that in the NFL um, as he did last week. Um, talking about a guy bringing his team back and giving them life. What about uh, Baker Mayfield and Cleveland Browns? Do you think um, were you high on Baker Mayfield? Did you expect Baker Mayfield to have this much production coming into the season? What's your thoughts on the Browns and Baker Mayfield, um, Mr. Smith? Oh, well, I, Lamar Jackson was my favorite quarterback coming into this draft. I would have taken him first if I were the Browns. He was my favorite out of all five of these guys. But it looks like the Browns made the right choice here because Mayfield's been tremendous this year. He's been, he'll probably be he'll probably win rookie of the year, either him or 
Saquon Barkley. So he's been tremendous uh, with the Browns. And it's interesting, um, the old Cleveland Browns, the Baltimore Ravens, you know, who moved there 20 years ago against the new Cleveland Browns, and 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 the new Browns can knock the old Browns out of the playoffs if they beat them this week. So that, that's going to be interesting to watch. That's pretty ironic. That's a good little piece of nuts there. Speaking of Lamar Jackson, I, I haven't been a fan of the Baltimore Ravens all season. Um, I know they're a solid team. They play good defense. What just wasn't super high on Flacco. Jackson comes in. He's played this run game for the last four or five weeks. Does this thing have legs? Can he carry this production into the playoffs and actually win a game? Yeah, I think he can. Um, I, I don't think this is uh, sustainable long-term, this type of offense. They're, they're running that broken bone, they call it, kind of a broken wishbone. Right. And uh, it's just a matter of time before Jackson gets hurt. Uh, he can't take – he's wanting the ball more than their running backs here. So, I think for this year, they're going to try and go with this and go as far as they can. And then in the off season, it's going to be 24-7 working with him on his passing skills and reading defenses and working with him around the clock. And hopefully he can be a, a really good passing quarterback next year. Cause this, this, this can't happen for him to have a long career to be, to be running this much. No, I wouldn't expect that myself either. Um, I, I, I'm not impressed with the passing so far. I thought he'd be a little bit better passer, more productive passer, I can say, not necessarily a better passer, more productive passer. And I haven't seen that. I haven't seen his ability to read, read the defense and check off to a second and third receiver. So, yeah, like you say, 24-7 is going to be called for uh, in the offseason. Uh, one final question for you, um, uh, Mr. Sports Scott. Does Pete Carroll lead the list of Coach of the Year candidates this season? Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, I don't think anybody thought the, the Seahawks would be over 500 this year, and now he has them 9-6 and six and probably 10-6 and six after they beat the Arizona Cardinals this weekend. So, yeah, I've, I think he's got to be right up there near the top. Yeah, I, I sure didn't. I, I, I say him and um, Coach uh, what, Lynch and for the – or Adam Lynch, excuse me, Lynch for the Chargers would be a yeah. – they kind of disappointed me with their loss to the Ravens this past week. But I think I'm really inspired by Coach Carroll and and they have these young Seahawks game Seahawks team running. Are they talking? Yeah, about Matt 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 Nagy from the Bears too is another one. Yeah, that yeah you're right. That'd be another good call too. Are they talking about Coach of the Year for the Seahawks up there, Mr. Cleveland? Uh, most definitely up here in the 206. Um, it's pretty much consensus. This is Pete Carroll's best coaching job uh, in the in the NFL with the Seahawks to this point. Obviously, uh, with back-to-back Super Bowls, that's hard to uh, that's hard to top. However, like like this was Scott was saying, the level of expectation was not very high. Um, replacing Pro Bowl player after Pro Bowl player after Pro Bowl player, it seemed like uh, the the process was going to take at least two to three years. Um, they definitely accelerated that process, and the fact that they're in the playoffs um, this soon is. Uh, Definitely a surprise to everyone, and and, and definitely a Pete's best coaching job. That's how we feel up here in the 206. Well, there you there you have it. There you have it uh, from the from the 206. Thanks for that feedback, Mr. Dave Smith. I want to thank you uh, for your time to join us again for another uh, fantastic week of the week seven of the Sports of the Fans. Thank you. Tell the people where they can find you, um, where they can hear you, and then find you on social media. Well, this is uh, I'm at NBC Sports Radio right now. I'm on uh, Saturday and Sunday nights, six to ten. But this this is my last week at NBC Sports Radio. They're pulling the plug on the network uh, oh. starting January starting January first. They're going to be, they're gonna become basically just 
running updates, and I think they're keeping one show, so they're basically pulling the plug. But the good news is I got hired by SB Nation, which is SB Nation Sports Radio, which is a nationally syndicated network, which is great things. It'll be the same hour, 6 to 10 Saturday and Sunday, and then 5 to 7 uh, Thursday, specific time. So I'm switching from NBC Sports Radio to SB Nation starting uh, the 1st of January. Wow, how about that? We get an update. We got a hot, hot off the presses. Thanks for that. Yeah. Um, and social media, where can they find you on Twitter, or Instagram, Facebook? Uh, at Dave Sports God uh, on Twitter, at Dave Sports God. Okay. Thank you once again, Mr. Smith. Have a wonderful new year, and we look to look forward to talking to you real soon in the new year, sir. All right, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great Thanks one. Thanks, Mr. Smith. Uh, talk to us about Euphoria, the brand. And you guys got some new stuff coming out. I've seen on Instagram, IG. You guys got some new gear coming out? Talk to- uh, we, 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 Yeah, we definitely do. Uh, definitely trying to represent ourselves as a cut above the rest. Um, you know, premium quality clothing line. So uh, this Christmas season, we're going to come out with some new things very excited about it and hopefully everybody uh, has a chance to take an opportunity to take a look and you know let us know what they think well that sounds good and where can they find euphoria the brand it is www.euphoria u-p-h-o-r-i-a the brand.com sounds good I'll keep my eye out for my package too <laughs> it's on the way my friend talk about the LA News Observer um, paper gave me great opportunity to um, share my insight and uh, with the fans and the people here in Southern California take a look at the LA News Observer website OGNSC they've uh, done a, a revamping of the website so it looks pretty sleek and, and easy to follow along easy to read and you'll get some good articles and topical content on the website LA LA News Observer OGNSC.com. Hey, what's up? What's good in sports? It's Daniel Cormier. Thank you guys.